Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. We've got bond yields rising to levels not seen in years. So that's giving patient investors the opportunity to bolster their portfolios with bonds with the potential for both high income and capital gains. So what are some of the things to keep in mind while you construct your bond portfolio? Let's check in with Ng Ping Fong. He is the Head of Credit for Asia at Strodas. Ping Fong, thanks for joining us today. Morning, Ryan. We've got a very interesting year for bonds. Of course, a reversal of what we saw last year. What would you describe this year as in terms of performance for bonds so far? I would say that um, this year's been volatile. Mm. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, uh, we are having bond yields that we haven't seen for so long. And with yields so much higher now, this really allows investors to generate more income. I would say that uh, we are close to the peak of the rate cycle. So it's just a question of waiting and seeing whether inflation continues to trend lower. And uh, I do think that investors are really getting paid to wait while generating income. Yeah, I suppose it does make it more attractive now with yields being high. What are the questions investors should be asking as they decide you know, what and where to buy these bonds? I would say that the credit selection is pretty important. So there's a big distinction between investment grade and high yield. And generally speaking, we are in that environment of tighter financial conditions for longer, which means that for high-yield companies, especially those that have too much debt, it might be a bit more challenging. Whereas in investment-grade perspective, you are really getting paid more than 6%, or even shorter dated bonds as well, hmm. which we do think is a very attractive area to park. And if we draw it back to Asia, I think uh, there's a lot of dispersions they can see. Despite all the negative sentiments about Chinese growth, we do see interesting opportunities there as well. And there are also interesting opportunities we can see in countries like India and Indonesia. Yeah, painful. I'm wondering, is this the right time to take on more risks, at least in the bonds market, when you look at high-yield bonds? Um, I think it's also referred to as junk bonds. Yep, um, junk bonds is just another name for speculative bonds in that sense. When we think about what is the right time to buy high-yield bonds, the first environment is easy. You typically consider them when economic conditions are supportive and monetary conditions are easy. The second type is really when the economy appears to be recovering after a slowdown recession. Mm. I think from our perspective, uh, typically the corrections would have happened, the valuations are very attractive. And from our side, we do see interesting opportunities after the correction uh, in Asia in selected pockets of Asian high yield. But there are, of course, uh, certain pockets whereby things remain pretty challenging. All right, we're in conversation with Ng Ping Fong. He is the head of credit for Asia at Stroders. Now, Ping Fong, you pointed out Indonesia and India. So let's start with Indonesia first. What's the driver here to make it an attractive story? I think the macroeconomic fundamentals have changed so much uh, since years ago. I would say that uh, the reforms the government has embarked upon has made the country a lot more resilient. It was also still enjoying a very strong commodity surpluses as well. If you think about the government's balance sheet, uh, they no longer need to fund the way they used to overseas. Mm -hmm. And the bond prices are a lot more stable. So under that particular uh, supportive macroeconomic growth and also uh, strong domestic demand, we do see the companies uh, operating much more consistently and um, Safely, I would say in the environment whereby funding costs is a lot more manageable. So I do think that uh, Indonesia now versus the past is dramatically different. Mm. I suppose uh, India also shares some similarities in the sense that more companies are trying to diversify the supply chains. That means more investments into these countries. 
Yes, I would say that uh, India also benefits, for example, from very supportive onshore funding conditions. They can fund in uh, local markets much cheaper on adjusted basis, let's say FX adjusted basis versus mm. the global market. At the same time, um, they spend about 10 years cleaning up the economy, the banking's balance sheet and embarking on reforms as well. So now is really the time whereby they are enjoying the fruits of the labor. And we can see the Indian companies benefiting from strong domestic demand as well. So things are going on well uh, in India as well. Okay, so you've got India and Indonesia as potential markets to look for bonds. In terms of sectors, what sort of um, fundamentals are you looking at and where are these more attractive bonds uh, coming from? I think in this particular stage, uh, clearly we like financials as well. The banks are enjoying pretty high net interest income, given where the rates are. And I would say that the asset quality treasures is pretty manageable. Mm-hmm. You could see, for example, in Singapore, right, the banks are yep. posting record profits as well. So we do think that they are offering a very interesting environment uh, for investors to get involved, particularly in the what we call the subordinated debt states. I think apart from that, uh, we do recognize that environment is challenging and also more volatile. You really want to go for companies whereby the cash flows are a lot more defensive and they have a very strong ability to repay their debts. Mm. So in certain uh, sectors like utilities, infrastructures, uh, those are things that we, we really want to look for. All right, utilities and, and infrastructure. Yes. And lastly, while we talk a bit about China as well, I think uh, there are certain beneficiaries as well, uh, even though the economic outlook may be a bit uncertain. For example, in the gaming space in Macau, whereby uh, we really see a very good recovery, the bonds uh, issued by Macau gaming companies are also very interesting. Okay, so we've got a couple of interesting ideas here. What are you, I guess, avoiding in the bond space? What would be at the top of this? I imagine property somewhere up there. I would say that uh, the Chinese real estate sector had a very tough two years. Part of it is structural as well. And uh, we have seen quite a lot of defaults and debt restructuring. I think from our perspective, uh, there's always a price for everything. But in sectors whereby the outlook are challenging, and more importantly, bondholders may not be treated equally, for example, versus onshore creditors. I do think investors need to be extremely selective in terms of uh, sectors like uh, Chinese real estate. The other part is really companies whereby they find it very hard to uh, refinance the debt obligations coming due over the next month, two years. If the onshore funding is short and the offshore is short as well, then the uh, conversations with creditors will be quite difficult. So those are really the two broad sectors mm. that we'll be a lot more careful about. All right, Pengfong, when it comes to bonds, uh, what's the thinking behind durations? Because you mentioned you know, peak rates might be here. Should you be locking it in for as long as possible right now? I do think it is uh, the right time to, to start looking into it as well. The reason being, um, if you can lock in a high-quality income, let's say the double A or single A rated bonds at, let's say, 6% or so, that would be uh, very interesting from our perspective. The issue with uh, locking it in uh, at this point in time is, um, as the duration is a bit long, if you buy something that's 10 years or 30 years, uh, the price impact could be a bit more volatile. So it really uh, is suitable for investors whereby they may have a very long time frame, like pension funds or insurance companies. Whereas for the audience, presumably, they may want a bit lower volatility. I do think um, bonds below five years or three years would be very interesting because the use at the front end of the treasury curve is higher and hence you are getting very high carry Mm. and uh, the price impact is actually a lot less volatile. So short-duration bonds, as we, as we call it, uh, would be a very interesting proposition as well. Yeah, I suppose a uh, better risk-reward ratio there. 
The Mission of Ng Ping Fong, he is the head of credit for Asia at Schroders, helping us to unpack what to think about when you are going shopping for bonds. Ping Fong, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.